Chicago has always had the build of a big city with the heart of a small town. I believe in our city because I know who we are and what we're made of. The pride of every ethnic, religious, and economic background, and nearly three million strong. Our parents and our grandparents came not just to any city. They came to America City. They came to Chicago. This is It Happened One Year, a look back at the events big and small, famed and forgotten from 1967. Hey, everybody. We're doing it again. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was too much. <laughs> the new mi- We have a new microphone, and that may have blown the microphone straight out. That was it right there. We're sorry for shouting I don't apologize. You. We'll do it. Hey, we're doing it again. <laughs> Still too loud. Uh, it happened one year. 1967. 1967. And yeah. here we are. This is a little weird. So we got this new microphone for Christmas. It's an uh, it's an omnidirectional, but we're using it as bidirectional. Yeah. So Joe and I are just sitting at a table staring each other yeah. in the face, which we don't normally do when yeah. we're recording. This is now like point counterpoint. <laughs> like, but except we were giving the same information and have the same opinions. <laughs> That's where we are. That's true. Boots, That's you true. ignorant slut. Oh my god! <laughs> this is where we are now. <laughs> I yeah. This is this is gonna be uh, take a little getting used to. But first off, we want to say thanks to uh, our legendary friend of the podcast. Oh, salt of the earth, uh, David Munchak, who did the introduction for today's show. He did, and he will be appearing uh, like literally everyone we know. In this big upcoming episode. Yeah. Uh, which you should have started to see ads for, or the trailer, which I believe is out. Or will be soon. No, it should be out. Oh, it should be by out. The time okay. this, by the time this one airs, yeah. yeah. Get excited. Yeah. Uh, Dave uh, participates in all of our scripted episodes and does quite a bit of heavy lifting. So yeah, yeah. thanks for that, and thanks for the intro, uh, yeah. Dave Munchak. And despite not living in Chicago any longer, he also participates in most of the stuff we do. Oh, he does. <laughs> <laughs> we're just, whatever we're up to, he, oh, yeah, get him in here. And he, oh, hey, okay. And now we're here. So... Uh, so that's always fun. I also appear on his show uh, from time to oh, time. Oh, that's true. I, uh, we, I was on a Reckon Cinemation, did the Christmas episode this year, and it was really fun. Yeah. I, I do not get asked to do his show. Uh, I think they realize that you don't critically care about movies. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be good on his show. They they like talk about movies that were, of, were days of yore, from mm-hmm. days of yore, and, and if they hold up today, that's the premise of the show. It's a really good show, uh, but it's really like for people who love movies and yeah. want to know a lot about movies, and I am not that person i i'm like oh it's good and then you guys will talk at, like in the episodes that you've been on i'm like oh yeah christmas story is good i could probably talk about that for like 10 minutes and then yeah. the, and then you have two hours worth of stuff to yeah. say about that movie yeah they go very in depth very and deep. our show which is not in depth but that's mostly because of us right like we <laughs> don't bother with that and we're not historians but no uh, even when we've done movie episodes i think i don't even remember what, what did we talk about during fathom we didn't really like get into like a critical analysis of Fathom, right? We we're no. just kind of like, this was kind of dumb. Yeah, I, Joe and I have have pretty different like critical interests, like what we read about and spend our time learning about. Like it's pretty different, yeah. but we do like to make fun of the same stuff, which yeah. is, I think, how this podcast came to be. <laughs> right, right. I think that it works in that way. Yeah. But if you want, I could put in a good word for you. I don't know, <laughs> not with Munchak. It would be with John. Yeah. But maybe yeah. maybe John would let you come on and. I don't know, spitball for a couple minutes about Halloween 4, I think, oh is coming God. up. If you want, get ready. Uh, oof. I would have a lot to say about the 80s Elizabeth Perkin, uh, Perkins' Kevin Bacon movie, He Said, She Said. Ooh. If they're going to cover that, I could I could talk about I'll that. I'll let them know. I'll yeah. let them know if it comes up. Uh, but yeah, otherwise, I wouldn't expect a call. 
Ah, uh, yeah, that's fair. That's all right. I'm not upset any. about it. Yeah. It's fine. As you are hearing this, we should have already put out, I would hope, the other Chicago episode. There yes. should have been an episode about the disasters in Chicago in 1967, which included tornadoes and a snowstorm and McCormick Place burned down yep. and just rife with uh, tragedy. Uh, as we're recording this, it is still 2022. Uh, I'm sure you're not hearing this in 20... This episode is not coming out tomorrow, <laughs> so there's not that kind of time. We did manage to get uh, really deep into the real-life Chicago Christmas disaster that was here we this did. year, which was yeah. fun. Yeah. Uh, it didn't affect us in any monetary, complicated way, but yeah. for the first time in seven years, we chose to go to a Bears game, and it was the fifth coldest game in Soldier Field <laughs> oh history. So. We tried so hard to unload our tickets. It was Christmas Eve. Yeah. They're playing the Bills. They went to that game. The Bears were 3-11, and 11, and yeah. the Bills were 11-3. and three. Um, So there was no reason to no, go. No, there's no reason to go, but yeah. like a couple weeks ago, we were like, that'll be fun. We'll go yeah. to a football game. How cold can it be in December? We're, on, we're in town on Christmas Eve. It doesn't yeah. always happen, so we thought it'd be fun to give it a yeah. shot. But, uh, yeah, it was, like, 20 below. It, it was, was It was, was horrible. Awful. Yeah, it yeah. was horrible. We, yeah. we actually, it, it was, it, honestly, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be miserable <laughs> the entire time. Yeah. But, like, I really enjoyed the first quarter. I enjoyed parts of the third quarter. I yeah. enjoyed most of the second quarter up until, like, halfway through when at, like, the end, like, right before the half, yeah. the Bills were, like, taking meaningless timeouts. And I was like, it's so cold. Yeah. <laughs> we just need to go inside. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we brought, you know, we bought, went to Dick's and bought gear and we were wearing hats and neck warmers and hoods and coats and leggings, like the whole thing. Yeah. It was worth it to, uh, you know, to because we were prepared. So that yep. was good. Yep. But it was, there was a lot of suffering. I think it was generally a a suffering style experience, which I think was tough. I, I wore the snow pants that I own for like the second or third time ever. I've <laughs> had those things for at least five years. It was about time. Yeah. We are not going to talk about the Chicago Bears on this episode. I don't think the Bears in 67 did anything. I, I, I think I would have run across this already. Yeah. And sports-wise, 67 just was not the town in Chicago. Yeah. Uh, I want to look quick because I thought I had remembered that the last time the Bears had the number one pick in the draft was around then. But it wasn't 67. Uh, 67, as we all, of course, remember, Bubba Smith was taken first by the Baltimore Colts. I'm pretty sure it was 66. I think it was Gail yeah. Sayers was taken first, yep. maybe? Or 65, somewhere right around there. So, uh, Bears, that's it for Bears Corner. If you were here <laughs> for that, if you're, you know, a big George Hallis fan, that was yeah. that. But, no, what we do want to talk about, there's a bunch of other Chicago stuff. And I don't know nationally how interesting this is. I thought the Disasters episode, at least, is so specific sort of to... Well, not really specific. It's it's. I think that episode is like a Midwest enough of an experience yeah. that it, it's broad enough that because it, it covered so many strange things that happened in within like a in two or three month yeah. period, right? So I think that all kind of works. This is more, I think, interesting, sort of in a Chicago way, but you know, but I think Chicago, especially in the '60s, was a much more important town than maybe it is today. I think mm. in the grand scheme of America, like I think that. You know, it, it just wasn't quite as... It hadn't started to collapse the way that it has. Like, Chicago's still a fine town, but yeah. it's not as big as it used to be. Yeah. And there weren't other big cities like this except really yeah. for New York and L.A. And that was it. So, yeah. Where now it's like Houston, I think, has as many people as Chicago. Like, yeah. it's, things have changed. Yeah. Well, yeah, when we used to be like heavy industry, heavy uh, big growth. Like, we were really one of the first big cities. We were like the first city to have a grid 
because the town had burned down, fire, and, and yeah. so modern city planning. We had, we were the city with the first skyscraper. Like yeah, yeah. you know, we were um, we were a big deal back in the early 1900s. But yeah. alas, yeah, we are now just a nice place to be. Yeah, things had started to fade a bit. Yeah. Um, and honestly, one of the things, well, I guess this is the first thing we're talking about yeah. is actually sort of why Chicago still is relevant at all. Like why Chicago is not Detroit right now, yeah. or you know, Cleveland was because of Mayor Daley. So as much as Mayor Daley maybe screwed up race in Chicago oh, and sure. there was a lot of corruption, like it, there's there is definitely stuff you can criticize Daley for. Yeah. But I think keeping it a big national important city because everybody would visit Chicago until they started to have transatlantic flights and stuff. Everybody always had to visit Chicago. Yeah. Like all the train lines are <laughs> in Chicago. So <laughs> it, it was everyone. that place. It was like Icelandic air where everybody <laughs> has to go to Reykjavik to use it. <laughs> yeah. So it was like all of a sudden Reykjavik's important. That was what Chicago was. Yeah. Um, and in 1967, uh, Daly was elected for the fourth time. Uh, and he stays mayor until he died. So he was mayor for like 21 years. Yeah. Are there term limits now on our mayor? No. No, no, you could say, I mean, yeah, yeah. Daly, Daly Jr., Daly yeah. the second, he yeah. was mayor for 20 some years too. So, yeah. uh, and we are like, what, two months away, three months away from a Chicago mayor election uh, and Chicago mayor elections are just awesome. The greatest. So much. Because again, it's, yeah. it's a one party town. And so the primary is the election yeah. and then they'll do a runoff. Like it's, you know, because usually nobody gets, uh, yeah. gets elected on the primary. Yeah. So. I got a call the other day from like a pollster and they were, and I'm someone who pays attention to politics and the news and they're like all these people like who are, I guess, in the mayoral race and then are, I think our alderman is running for mayor. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, I was like, nope, they're all the same. Like, and yeah. They were describing, like, their positions and trying to say, like, who's more appealing to you? And I was like, they are all exactly the same. There's no difference. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the problem. Like, you know, because you might have... The only real gray area now is, like, there's a a moderate Democrat, basically a Republican Democrat, and then a super progressive Democrat. And that's it. So everybody's trying to fight out that corner. Yeah. And and usually the moderate wins. Like, that's just what this is. We're not to the point yet where anything else is going to happen. So... But in 67, they would still run Republicans. Nice. There was a Republican uh, in the race, and that man's name was John Wayner, who was a committeeman in sure. Chicago. Good for him. Uh, and he got beat really bad. <laughs> it was not a close election. Uh, the interesting thing about that election, really, like, in a very general sense, daily winning an election wasn't that interesting. Yeah. But uh, the fun thing about that, really, was how much he won by which is a pretty uh, monumental amount. He brought in 73% oh, of the vote. And I think this is why Republicans don't bother to run <laughs> yeah, anymore. But, it's not even worth it. Uh, he the had money. the most... It was up until that point, and maybe still is, because yeah. more people lived here then, uh, the most votes anyone ever got in a mayor election up to that point. He got 790,000 votes oh my God. in a town of like 3 million people, which yeah. is, you know, so that's pretty impressive. Oh my God. The fun thing about this election, as far as I was concerned, is um, there was a comedian... Who has since died? I think he was an old man. Died in recent years, though. Dick Gregory. He was a uh, mm-hmm. a black activist, sort of, but he was also okay. a comedian. Yeah. And so he has this oddball career where, like, you can find comedy albums of his. But he also like did a lot of activism and and politics. Yeah. He ran for mayor as a write-in, and as a write-in, he got nineteen thousand. Oh my god. Which is like almost two percent of the votes. Yeah. As a write-in, like that's impressive. To convince that many people to write you in yeah. is really something. You and have then, to have a pretty coordinated campaign. Yeah, and like he wasn't originally from here, but he had lived here for a little while at that point, and so he he had the record-breaking number of write-in votes for a candidate in a Chicago mayor election for what that's worth. Interesting. So that's kind of fun. He later ran for president in the same way in oh, like '68. Really? I mean, he didn't. I think he got fifty thousand votes, but. 
it's still, you know, that's not bad considering. So that's what I think is fun about the 67 yeah. election. So when did Daly the first die? He dies in 76. So was, so this wasn't his last? He was No, he was elected another time, time and yeah. then he died. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, he died in office and then... Uh, Richie doesn't become mayor, I think, until like the late 80s, right? Yeah. Because there's a couple mayors in between there. Yeah. Uh, some of whom I'm going to forget, but Jane Byrne is in there. Harold Washington's in there. Yep. And then I'm pretty sure he becomes mayor in the late 80s. And he was still mayor when I moved here, so... Yeah, he... he, he basically, his like last hurrah as mayor... I think I thought Rom got elected in like 2010. Yeah, I think Rom was only in the Obama White House like a couple years. A couple years. years. Right? But the thing with Daly is he was trying to make that Chicago... Um, Olympics bid like his legacy right, right. and that and it went terribly yeah. and you know we were like the first city ousted from yeah, yeah. that um if we had just waited because like now nobody wants to host the Olympics like we could have it now for easy and we were so. trying to get 2016 which ended up being Brazil yeah which was awful like it was yeah, yeah um there were all these yeah problems yeah. with the, the Olympics themselves but I knew somebody who worked on the committee and he he once told a story to us about being there that night and like seeing Daly and how like dejected he was because this was like the the legacy he was going to leave the city of Chicago and we got I remember we were going to go like downtown to the celebration like and watch the returns or whatever you would call them the vote the vote come in and there there's several rounds and your sister was in town and we went she, i was just with her i think you were gonna meet us there or something but we went to like the dunkin donuts nearby and they did the first round and we got uh, we got ejected and I, we were like yeah. oh well now what do we do yeah it was like four, i think it's it was four cities right or something yeah. i don't remember what the other cities were madrid maybe and maybe. somewhere but yeah yeah chicago got bounced immediately, immediately. I, I thought that would have been awesome if oh, we had the olympics that would have been, been great. great i still think we should do it i just yeah. i i think it's just a, it's so expensive and yeah. So many cities now just don't want to do it. That like Beijing has had it twice in fourteen years or <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah. And so, and it's corrupt. I mean, the reason yeah. Beijing had it was because of what Qatar or somewhere uh, had it, and then got it taken away from them because there was clearly bribes. Yeah. Even though that didn't stop them from getting the World Cup sure and killing not. all of their own people oh, to build yeah. those stadiums. So, so I think it's sad. I think that would have been fun. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, that was. I, I think. Yeah, I think that's right. I think he was mayor until like twenty eighteen, and then yeah. or twenty eleven, and then Rom was mayor twice. Until like 2019, right? Because yeah. that would make sense. And Lori Lightfoot's been mayor since then. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, there's somebody in there that I'm forgetting between Daily One and Daily Two, but maybe I'm not that up yeah. on Chicago mayors. Well, I mean, dailies are very, you know, they're very prominent in the city. Um, yeah. I think those were the only two that were mayors, right? Yeah, but Bill, they were, Bill ran. Yeah, in 2019. Oh, that's right, he yeah. did. Yeah, because he was like Obama's chief of staff or something. He was also in the. I don't remember what he was in the Obama White yeah, House. Yeah, I thought too, he was right? the chief of staff. Yeah. He, we, do you remember we saw him when we saw Biden at the Chicago Theater? He like oh, Bill inter- was in? yeah, he oh, like yeah. introduced oh, him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And who else was it? Leslie Odom? <laughs> Leslie Odom interviewed him. Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> it, it was weird. weird. It was great. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was before Biden ran. Um, yeah, before Biden was president. But yeah. like collectively between the two of them, they were mayor for like forty oh, some years. Forty some years. Yeah. And the main like municipal building downtown, the plaza is the Daily Building. The plaza yeah. in front of it is the Daily Plaza. Yeah. There were some ad- additional events in the Daily Plaza in 1967. So oh, I'm going to pivot us. Lovely segue. To the construction of the Picasso sculpture in Daily Plaza. Wonderful. It is this uh, big metal Picasso looking thing. That's the best way I can describe it. Um, but it was uh, completed in 1967 and unveiled. Chicago made a real big deal about like leading up to it and they kept publicizing it. It was made at the U.S. Steel Company over, over the state border in Indiana. Um, it's this big metal. It's like 50 feet tall. It's 162 short tons is its weight. Oh. Whatever that means. The old short ton. You guys 
not a not a tall ton. It's yeah, a, it's a short ton. You get sixteen short tons. What do you get? <laughs> One big ton. One big ton. Not sure. I don't know. Or not sixteen sure. big tons. Yeah, it might know. be. Might Could be. be the same. Um, but like the the thing about the Picasso sculpture, if you've ever seen it, is like people just climb on it. Oh yeah, it's, it's like a big of, ramp. Yeah, it's a yeah. big ramp. And Kids I, slide down it all the time. I have pictures of me sitting on it, like sure. up at the ramp. Yeah, just because yeah. that's what you do. So yeah, it was unveiled in 1967. Picasso, you know, was commissioned to create it. There was some controversy around it because one, like, I guess most of our sculptures had been like historical figures up until that point. This was just art. Even mm-hmm. though there's a bunch of sculptures downtown by like there's a Miro, there's yeah, the flamingo, the flamingo, there's yeah. the white. What's oh that, yeah, the white standing thing? with a ooh, stand. Oh. In front of the Thompson Center. Yeah. Yeah. I, I used to know the name of that thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's like an alderman who wanted to replace it after it was commissioned, but before it was unveiled, wanted to, to replace it with a statue of Ernie Banks. Sure. sure. Why not? Why not? Let's um, play two. Some publicist before it was built erected a giant pickle on the proposed site for the uh, his client. He's a publicist. For his client, yeah. Picker Packers, Pickle Packers International. Oh. So they could have done that, but pickle they Packers. instead went with this thing. And the the thing about the Picasso sculpture, it's cool. Like it, it looks like a, it looks Picasso-y. Yeah. Like it's very Cubist. It's neat. It, yeah, it looks, it, it's it's huge. If you like Picasso, it's a, like it's Picasso, a cool Picasso. It's very cool. And if you saw if you saw a picture of all the sculptures in Chicago and said which one's the Picasso, it would be yeah. clearly identifiable as a Picasso. The challenge is no one really knows what it is. Right. It's a, it's a face of some kind. Kinda. But it's been said to be a bird or an aardvark. Picasso himself, when they unveiled it, said it was. Uh, abstract take on his Afghan hound's face um, or a baboon head. Um, some people say it was his his mistress, whose mm. name was Sylvette David. Some people say it was his second wife, whose name was Jacqueline Picasso. Oh. Jackie Picasso. Sure. Um, but no one, I mean, no one knows. It like, it's written up about it like it's this big controversy, but like, he said what it was. Could, yeah, why don't we just, why aren't we believing what the man said? It's a dog. Giant yeah. statue of a dog's face. I mean, I guess from different angles, if you're right, like head on, it looks kind of like a dog. But if you're off to the side, you can start to see the face and then you're like, yeah. oh, well, maybe it's... So I think that's that's kind of the fun thing to it. It's like the end of Inception, right? <laughs> and then you just don't know. It's up for debate and it's yeah, fun. It you know, be. It's a fun thing. <laughs> Uh, what yeah. I always think is fun with Picasso <laughs> is that I always think of Picasso as existing a hundred years ago, you know? Yeah. And like he did, but I think of him as being like a 1910 artist. And yet he was around in 1967 to <laughs> yeah. make this thing. Yeah. He dies in the 70s, I think. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, yeah. he was he was here. He was here at the unveiling. Yeah. Uh, he's not from the 1800s. Right? I think of him as being from the 1800s. Yeah. Like, he's like Toulouse-Lautrec. <laughs> I just don't know. I, I think of him as a as way back in the day. Yeah. You know? yeah. No, he's not. He was around uh, not when we were alive, but when our parents were alive. But pretty, I mean, he, was, he lived into the 70s, so pretty yeah. close. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's weird. Are there a lot of other big sculpture Picassos? Because oh. I always think of also Picasso as being an artist, not yeah. as a sculptor. So, so you, know, you know, it's such a weird thing to have a sculpture of. It, it you know? is. He he didn't often do commissioned sculpture, at least up until this point. Yeah. So when he agreed to do it, he was kind of like, oh, I don't really do this stuff. But he was in the middle of doing one, I think in Madrid. Oh. Uh, Madrid. There was a, there was another city that he was doing a commissioned sculpture for. It makes sense if it was Madrid. I don't I don't remember exactly where it was, but it was somewhere in Europe. And then the following. Uh, like in within the next five years, he does another one in Rotterdam. Oh, that was actually called Sylvette, which is the name of the woman who his like girlfriend or whatever that they thought might have this might have been modeled after. But that one was actually named after her. Oh, um, which is is interesting. 
And it's like a big thing downtown. Like, like yeah. it's it's recognizable stuff happens in the Daily Plaza. Daily Plaza like, is a big square in yeah, town. There's not there's, a lot of space like that downtown. Yeah, so, there's yeah. like farmers markets there. We've been to like the Memorial Day parade. There are like ceremonies there. Yeah. We've been to rallies there. Like they, Chris they, Kindle markets. I Chris think Kindle there. markets there. Yeah. So it's like the main like thing of Chris Kindle market. And, and they took the tree out of Chris Kindle market now to I assume clear more space for oh. vendors. Yeah, yeah. So now it's just like the Picasso sculpture and yeah. Merry Christmas. They should put a big hat on that. They thing, should. Right? I don't know why they yeah, don't. They don't really do yeah. anything like that with no. it, even though they totally could. Um, I wonder if there's some sort of like agreement that they had originally with Picasso to not make it like they can't put a Bears jersey on it. <laughs> like maybe. I don't oh my know. god, how great would that be? They should. Oh, they should. That would be great. Justin Fields jersey. That'd be incredible. <laughs> so that'd be awesome. It was also the site of a press conference in 1968 where Jerry Rubin and his folks were arrested after they nominated Pegasus for president. Oh, I love the Pegasus yeah. story. That yeah. happened at the uh, at the Picasso sculpture. Yeah, and that must have been right during the the convention. Yeah, that was the whole Pegasus thing. So. Yeah. If you don't know that story, really look it up, because that is a lot of fun. It's the, great. The whole trial of the Chicago 7 and all of that. Yeah. Yeah, so downtown Chicago, it is a, uh, a hotbed of just excitement and, you know, big, you know, landmark structures. Yes. Uh, I mean, a lot of the old Louis Sullivan stuff has been torn down now. Yeah. And, you know, to try to find anything, really, from more than 100 years ago is getting a little tough in town, just yeah. because it was, it's such a skyscrapery town. Yeah. There's some stuff. The Chicago Theater's still there. Like, yeah. there's still some things. But uh, as far as one of the old, old uh, theaters Ooh. in Chicago, I don't know. I didn't know about this place until more or less I lived here for some time because it's yeah. in an odd spot, right? Yeah. Like the big downtown theaters tend to all be in kind of the north side of the loop and which is so what's that's kind of up by the river. Yeah. And then if you start coming down Michigan Avenue, you've got the opera, which is also or not the opera. The, the um, symphony. The symphony is yep. right there. The opera's over on the other side by the river. Yeah. But if you get down a little further, you run into the Auditorium Theater, which I don't know, I don't know popularly how famous that place is, but I mean, it was originally built in like 1889. Like that's a Sullivan building. Like yeah. that's an oh, old, I didn't realize that's that. an old building. Yeah. yeah. It's just that it's had a lot of odd phases to its life. Yeah. And so the 67ness of it, it was closed for decades at this point as a theater. <laughs> it was closed since I think the 30s. And then they, they redid it. It's part of Roosevelt University now. They yeah. redid it and they reopened it in 67. But the Auditorium Theater, you know, for longest time was just, you know, hosting theatrical events. The opera was there. Uh, the symphony was there for a while. It was it was a key part of the, the Columbian Exposition in 1893. Oh. Like it had, uh, you know, different, the international events and things that were yeah. going on in there. And so, like, you can go back and find this list of, like, luminaries who have been to this theater because it goes so far back. Sarah Bernhard was there. Oh, my God. John Philip Sousa conducted there. The Ziegfeld Follies was there. Like, this is Good Lord. old, old time stuff. I have stuff. no idea. It's, like, yeah. two blocks away. Yeah, and it, it literally is, like, right up Michigan Avenue from here. But, yeah, it had kind of a bad run. Um, it, went, it, it went bankrupt and closed in 1941. So Ooh. for the rest of the war, it was used basically just to house and entertain troops. Oh, my God. <laughs> they put a bowling alley in there. <laughs> like, it was really... And they, they yeah. said they covered up so much. The reason so much of the theater inside still exists is because they covered it up. Oh, so wow. So it didn't just get destroyed or whatever. Yeah. Like, over the... Like, in this period of time, they had talked about tearing it down. And this is this will tell you what like Chicago was at this point. They said it would have been more expensive to tear down than the the ground was worth. Wow! This is on Michigan Avenue. Wow. Like I realize this isn't the fancy part of Michigan Avenue. Yeah. But it's still it's a next to the park. Like yeah. that that building would be worth hundreds of millions of dollars now, yeah. right? But they said like no, not even worth doing. So they used it as like a USO building for that's a couple crazy. years, and that's all it was. Roosevelt University swept in and bought it. 
um, because I think Roosevelt University is basically from right around post war yeah. too. Yep. So they took it on, and then in '67 they bring it back. Yeah. Uh, and now, like, I thought like FDR and Eleanor were involved in Roosevelt, weren't they? I think the planning for it or something yeah. was like the early I thought 40s. She was definitely involved. She was for sure. Died, I don't know yeah. how much he was involved yeah, yeah. while he was alive. I mean, yeah. he had other things going he on. He had other things. The early yeah. 40s were busy time yeah, for Frank. Time so, for, yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, then they brought it on. And now it's kind of hard to say what exactly is like a sure thing auditorium theater yeah. event, right? Because they do kind of a bunch of catch-all stuff. Yeah. They have a lot of kind of vocalists. They don't really have a lot of rock bands, even though in the late 60s, they were a rock band place. Really? Oh, my God. Like, the list of rock bands. The Who played there. Bowie was there. <laughs> Janis Joplin. Like, Damn. Parliament Funkadelic played there. Like, it's, Why didn't we live here in the 60s? I know. The 60s is really what they... In the 70s, they had, like, Springsteen was there. Jesus. Like, Like, it was apparently a big venue for that. Yeah. And I guess if you think back to then, you needed, like, a big indoor venue. Yeah. There's not a ton of stuff in the late 60s that really would have fit yeah. that. That's but, not like the International Amphitheater, yeah, yeah. like something com- that was huge. So. Comparatively, I bet it was, because now it's got to be... The United Center. Well, I mean, it, it's got to be like not maybe in the top, not in the top five biggest theaters. Oh, probably like, not. It's, not, probably it's not. big, but yeah. it's not like... It doesn't have tiers is yeah. the thing. Like, I think there's a balcony, but it, yeah. like the, the first level has that big... It's that big slope. It's that big slope, so yeah. it's like... I don't know, 50 rows or something, but it just yeah. slopes up. So it's shaped kind of like a, the- like a yeah. you know, more of an orchestra hall. Yeah. But but it's an odd it thing. It doesn't kind of go straight up like the, but it, what that means is that it probably doesn't have as many seats would be my guess. I don't think so. Yeah. Right. It has all those little boxes. There's all yeah, those little loges on the side. Right. And so I think that that's part of it. Yep. But yeah, but like in recent years, it hosted, um, I, and this maybe would be the thing people would know is that. When they did the NFL draft here, the draft was actually at the Auditorium Theater oh, because they set up the whole right thing here. in the park. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and I think it was just that because they did so much draft event stuff. Yeah. you know they do all of that outdoor stuff and they yeah. put up the big tent and whatever. But as far as the actual draft itself, they didn't hold the draft outside. Yeah, they held it at the Auditorium Theater because it's right next oh, to the that's park. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So I think that would be the thing maybe people would recognize yeah. if you had paid attention to that draft. It was 2015. Yeah. So that was that, but. But yeah, it's still a pretty cool old building, and yeah. it was just that now it's been, now it seems like this landmark thing, but it narrowly avoided complete destruction for like 70, 80 years. Amazing. <laughs> just managed to just oh. you know, hang on like grim death. Well, so. I mean, we've seen some good stuff there. We've yeah, we were there, there a, a couple times. times yeah. we, we saw the Nutcracker there, which we did not enjoy. Oof. Was that at the auditorium? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I have blocked that whole event out. I think they do it every I year. I was so bored. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. We're not, not fans of the Nutcracker. No. We, we saw... We took your parents to something there once. Oh, yeah. I don't remember what that was. Some sort of, like, vocalist event. Yeah. Um, Like, the songs of somebody. Some, Sondheim or something? Yeah, yeah something, something Yeah, no, I forgot about that. Um, did we see Clinton there? Bill uh, Clinton? No, we saw Hillary Clinton there. Really? Where did we see? Where was I Bill? I think Bill there? was at the Chicago Theater, I thought. Oh, that could be. That could I be. might be wrong. We might have those I'm, backwards. I'm pretty One sure. One of the Clintons we saw yeah, there Yeah, I, sure. I was yeah. pretty sure it was her. Yeah, yeah. Um, it could be. Uh, yeah, on her What Happened Tours. The first time I ever saw her live. It was great. I think the first time we saw her was in Milwaukee. No, we saw Milwaukee afterwards. Chicago was first. Milwaukee was second. Trust me. I think we accidentally bought the tickets to Milwaukee and then figured, oh, we could also buy tickets here in Chicago. No, no, that's not what happened. So <laughs> what? Ha- not sorry, listeners. What happened was we bought tickets in. I, I don't know exactly the order, but we bought tickets in Chicago in one of them, yeah. but realized we could get VIP tickets oh. to meet her in oh. Milwaukee. So I yeah. think I bought the Chicago tickets first, and I was oh. like, hold up. You know what? I'll, I'll post that picture. We have a picture with Hillary. I'll post it on the. Uh, I'll post it out on the Instagram. Uh, you're welcome, everybody. <laughs> so, welcome uh, to our politics. And then we saw a play about the Roosevelts there. Which we was did. Oh, that's right. We did a night with the Roosevelts, and Ed Asner played yeah. uh, Franklin Roosevelt, and Sally Kellerman played. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Eleanor. played Eleanor, and they're they've both since died. Oh, really? They're yeah. both dead. Yeah, Sally Kellman died this year, and uh, Ed Asner died, I think, last year. Yeah, yeah. R.I.P. It's a shame. Yeah. Well, so 1967, a very exciting time for Chicagoans to go to the theater again. Yeah. Also, a very exciting time for Chicagoans to see some art. It's art time. So 1967 in Chicago, if you wanted to see some art, you had to go to the... Um, the Art Institute. The Art Institute could not come up with the name of yeah. the art, which is supposed like... The top museum in the entire one world. One list has had the Art Institute as the greatest mu- yeah. art museum in the world. Suck it, Louvre. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't nothing. <laughs> you ain't shit. You ain't shit. Uh, anyway, no, the Louvre is great. Um, the Louvre's better than the Art Institute. But they're, they're great. Like, the Art Institute's great. Yeah. But if you wanted to see modern art, there's oh, nowhere to go. No. And so a bunch of, like, art critics and blah, blah, blah got together, and they opened the Museum of Contemporary Art in Chicago. The MCA. Um, MCA. And yeah. it opened uh, on Ontario Street in Streeterville, across the street from the building that Joe and I lived in for nine years. That's not true. in the 60s. And yeah, the, the museum was not open while we were there. No, it yeah. wasn't. It was uh, uh, it opened at 237 East Ontario, a building w- that was originally built to be a bakery Ooh. Uh, that at one point housed the offices of the Playboy Corporation. Oh, yeah. And uh, also was the original location of the MCA. And the MCA was there until the 90s, since yeah. n- until 1996. Narrowly missed it. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, the it opened. It was supposed to be an exhibition-based museum where, like, everything was rotating. and there, But then they just started to acquire stuff. Collections. And, yeah, yeah. and so then they... <laughs> collections is a better word than stuff. But uh, <laughs> they started to acquire stuff. Yeah. And so then they were like, well, I guess we'll have a, a, you know, all the time collection that you can go see. But also they do quite a bit of, you know, um, exhibits and, and things. Um, you could have seen... Uh, I don't the, see. Here's the problem. As I t- try and talk about the MCA, I don't know any of these artists. Oh, so you could have seen. You got to uh, speak from a place of authority. Just make oh. well. Obviously, you could have obviously seen. You could have seen Gordon Mata Clark, the great Gordon Mata Clark, executing his final major project Ooh. in the townhouse next door. Because eventually they brought bought a townhouse. I don't know on what side. Uh, but a townhouse next door to the MCA and and expanded into that. And this dude, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, clearly influential artist, Gordon Mata Clark, uh, made circle cuts in the walls and floors of the townhouse next to the museum. I mean, he really screwed it up. Uh, That was one of his last uh, last exhibits. Really violated the security (laughs) deposit on that one. Yeah, not great. They're uh, They're not getting any of that money back. No. But one of the interesting things about when it moved is they built this much bigger building. It was like, 10 times the size of the original building, yeah. just like a few blocks away up on Chicago Avenue. Um, and they had this big, like, here are the 30-whatever finalists uh, to, to build the building. They got to the, the top five, no one from Chicago. Oh. They were like, screw you guys. We're going to pick whoever we want. <laughs> Skidmore, um, Owens, and Merrill? Suck it. <laughs> but the, uh, the, the the new building is meant to, like, evoke Meese and all of his Chicago architecture stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, that's uh, that's the, the MCA. Still uh, a thing to this day. It's a cool museum yeah you should go yeah no the original building then got torn down mm. i would say we had lived there a number of years oh, yeah. and it was just sitting there empty and boarded up it was kind of gross but yeah uh, it got torn down and now it's a hotel a couple years ago but we used to live across the street at uh 230 which is where if you're familiar at all with streeterville this is a very narrow part of the conversation <laughs> if you've ever been to the ron of japan we live in that we lived in that building for nine years uh it's a restaurant it's called ron of japan i don't know um <laughs> That's basically our Streeterville connection to exactly. this entire story. But uh, exactly. yeah, the MCA is fine. I mean, we've yeah. been there. I'm not a real modern art person, but 
Um, it's a pretty big, cool building up yeah. there. A couple, it's just a couple blocks north in, in basically the same neighborhood. Yeah, I get the sense that it is a pretty visionary contemporary art museum. Uh, you know, Chicago, uh, it's good for art. It's a good place to look at art. Good place to see the arts. Yes. You know where else? Uh, what else is a good thing to see in Chicago? What? Little sports. Ooh, that now, it is. Now yeah, we're talking. That's true. Uh, in 1967, the inaugural season of the uh, expansion Chicago Bulls uh, wrapped up. When you told me this, I could literally not believe it. It seems crazy, right? That, yeah. like, the Chicago Bulls were an expansion team. Yes. Uh, but the problem had been that there were some other old Chicago NBA teams. They either moved or folded or whatever. I'm going to need to know who those teams were. Yeah, so the original uh, Chicago basketball team was the Chicago Stags. Sure. Uh, from 1946 to 1950. Uh, I believe that franchise just folded. I don't think they moved. <laughs> They're like, nope, no. no more. Then from 61 to 63, there was a team called the Chicago Packers, which is confusing. Gross. Who then changed the name to the Chicago Zephyrs, which is only slightly better. Not great. And that team is uh, then moved to Washington, became the Bullets, who are now the Washington Wizards. Oh. So that's that oh, franchise. That's interesting that then Michael Jordan ended up owning the Wizards, didn't he? He ended up playing for the Wizards. Didn't he, he own the Wizards? He, owns the Charlotte, he owned the Charlotte Bobcats. Oh, the Bobcats. Or the, I guess they're the Hornets now. I don't oh. remember when he bought them if they were the Hornets or they were... They must have been the Bobcats. I knew it was in the uh, yeah. Mid-Atlantic. He went to North Carolina, so that's oh, why he bought that the Charlotte team. Yeah. That makes more sense. But that was the Chicago NBA history. So then in 66, they yep. get this expansion team. Amazing. Now, back then, they played at the, at the International Amphitheater, mm-hmm. which... Uh, they only played there, I think, for a year because they were... I don't know if they were building... I think the Chicago Stadium was there. I don't know why it took them a year to get there, but... Yeah. The International Amphitheater was a famous all-time Chicago building. I think they used to have the political conventions there. It was at 42nd and Halstead. So that was like this great big thing. It's since been torn down. But that's where the Bulls played. Uh, I'm pretty sure that like the Blackhawks played there for a while too, once upon a time, way, way back. Yeah. But yeah, so they had the expansion draft and everything. uh, And they had some like notable-ish people considering... It's they're an expansion team, yeah. so an expansion draft is a little different than a regular draft. You can you can get players from existing teams. Oh, like I think those teams have to like mark people. You can't like well taking magic. It doesn't, <laughs> doesn't work. I'll get LeBron. I don't think it works. Um, so they did the expansion draft. It's the best team ever. This is incredible. Like, how is this the rule? Like, but uh, but they ended up they got you know Jerry Sloan who went on to have a good coaching career. But he was yeah. like, he was a good player. Yeah. Bob Boozer was on that team. Like they were a, a pretty good team. And they had a pretty good record for an expansion team. They were they were thirty three and forty eight, which doesn't sound like much, yeah. but that did get them in the playoffs. Oh my god! And they're the only expansion team to ever make the playoffs. Yikes! So in their first year. In their first, yeah, yeah, in yeah. their first year. Yeah. So, so they actually had a pretty good run to like to kick off. Their coach yeah. was the great Red Kerr. Red won the coach of the oh, year. Wow! As an expansion team to even win thirty games is you yeah. know a great accomplishment. Okay, so. I have two questions that are probably you you might want to cut these because they're probably the dumbest questions ever. Okay. But uh, Boozer. Yeah. Didn't we also then have a boozer? Are they related? <laughs> we had a Carlos boozer. I don't believe they are related. I, they might be, I guess, but I yeah. don't think they are. Um, Bob Boozer. I guess if your name is Boozer, you just end up on this team. Uh, okay. Carlos doesn't pop up in the Bob Boozer. So uh, probably no. Probably not. Yeah, okay. Um, and then, of course, we. I know what happened to Steve Kerr's father, but, like, <laughs> Red Kerr's no, in no way related to Steve Kerr, right? No, no. Red, uh, just, Steve Kerr's father wasn't. A basketball right. person. And I did know that. Yeah. And, and if you've never heard that story, that's an amazing story. Amazing story, yeah. Dark, but amazing. But yeah. yeah, no, they aren't related. Okay. But yeah, Steve Kerr I, also played for the Bulls eventually. I didn't know if yeah. he could be a grandfather of sorts. I don't think so. I, I mean, I'm not getting that 
Again, it's the same sort of thing. I'm not getting that impression. Just shooting darts at the wall and and hoping and something will stick. Not, not yeah. even hit the dartboard. You're not you're not even close. But which is actually how uh, I also play darts. Yeah, well done. <laughs> um, but no, Red Kerr was later a broadcaster, and he was like the broadcaster for the Bulls oh, through nice. all of their great years. Amazing. So he got to experience all of that. Oh, but, that's great. Good for him. But yeah, the Bulls moved to the Chicago Stadium the following season, and then stayed there until they built the United Center across the street oh. in the '90s, the house that Jordan built. Yes. While Jordan was retired. <laughs> first time so that totally worked out the united center which i think we covered it because it opened in 94 we yeah. covered that the last season the biggest indoor stadium in the world for a period of oh, time wow. that yeah. can't still be true oh, oh but, no definitely not yeah. um, um but that was the bulls first season which excellent yeah. well the bulls started in a place uh unfamiliar the following year they moved yeah uh similar to that we're going to talk about a band that Ooh. started as something in 1967 became something else in 1968 segway masterpiece that was a really good segue Beautiful. actually Beautiful. i was i was i was curious how we were going to get from the bulls to chicago the band chicago the band uh, yeah but that was how yeah so through 19- the clever use of 25 <laughs> Five or six two four. That's what you did. <laughs> did I? I don't know. Oh. No one knows. What, I don't oh. know what that means. <laughs> I don't either. Nah, I don't um, okay. So uh, 1967, you're in Chicago, Illinois. Yeah. You want to go to a club and you want to see a cover band. Ooh. You might see a cover ma- band called The Big Thing. Great name for a band. Uh, unbeknownst to you, that band uh, the following year would sign a deal with Columbia Records and change their name to the Chicago Transit Authority. Classic. <laughs> Which is named after the, the train system here. The train system here in Chicago, the e- CTA. Even though yeah. most people call it the L, so that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, maybe the L was already taken. And they're like, <laughs> well, amazing. we still love the train. We so. love the train. Yeah. Gotta be on the train. Um, so yeah, 1967, uh, the the dudes who started the Chicago Transit Authority... Um, the big thing. The big thing. Yeah. Who were the first people in this band? Uh, so it was... They are one of those bands that over the course of their existence have had many, many members. <laughs> There's like 45 people yeah. or something who have been in Chicago. Well, I mean, we saw Chicago in concert not that long ago, within the last... T- Eight years, I would guess. And there were 20 people on stage. Oh, yeah. Like, that band is enormous. Totally. But if also, if you look at members, there's, yeah. like, a list of 20 people who are the current members, and then there's a list of 40 people who are previous members. Sure. Um, but... So uh, they're basically Menudo, <laughs> is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, basically. They're the Glenn Miller Orchestra. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But the the founding members were someone named Walter Parazider. Speak from a place of authority. Uh, was a guy that I definitely know named yeah. Walter Parazider. Yeah. You don't uh, have to equivocate on it. Just, you, <laughs> just say you know. I, yeah. yeah. Yes, I definitely know. Yeah. Um, this is all from the top of your head, and I don't totally. know why you're like, oh, I don't know. Definitely could be. not looking at anything and reading off of Wikipedia. Um, a guitarist named Terry Kath, a drummer named Danny Seraphine. Sure. Uh, a trombonist named James Pankow. Okay, this is a lot. And a trumpet player named Lee Lognane. Oh. And a keyboardist named Robert Lamb. Okay. Now, the reason that I list those is that Peter Cetera didn't join the band until late 1967. Oh, but he, did he is the main person. He's the person you know, but right. he did join the big thing in 1967. Nice. Nice, nice. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah. So they started in 1967. They were all students at DePaul, um, except for Lamb, who went to Roosevelt, which we've already discussed. Okay. And he was currently in a group called Bobby Charles and the Wanderers. But he's Uh, not Bobby Charles. He's not Bobby Charles. He's Lamb. He's Robert Lamb. Yeah. He's Bob Lamb. Bob Lamb. I mean, maybe his middle name was Charles. Bobby Charles Lamb. It could be. I don't know. Yeah. But then he uh, he joined with his fellow uh, band band members Mm -hmm. um, to to become the big thing. And then they found they didn't have an adequate bass sound. Sure. So they got uh, bassist Peter Cetera to join oh. in 1967. And then he did the singing. 
He did a lot of the singing. Yeah. Um, he wasn't the only singer to no. start. He just he's no, now known for doing the singing. Right. right. Uh, but in 1967, they were basically a cover band. Yeah. They were writing some of their own songs, but they played gigs in Chicago as a cover band. But they didn't put out any albums as the big thing. No albums as the big thing, as far as I can tell. In June of 1968, their manager um, had them move to Los Angeles, and then they signed with Columbia Records. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's when they changed their name to the Chicago Transit Authority and started like performing mm-hmm. in Hollywood and da da da. Ultimately, were you know an opening act for Janis Joplin and Jimi Hendrix, and uh, you know their their whole like description is that if you've never heard a Chicago song, uh, rock and roll band. With horns. A lot of horns. A lot of, a lot horns. of horns. Yeah. I guess we're just lucky that when they moved to L.A., uh, Los Angeles' train system historically <laughs> sucks. Yeah. And they didn't just name themselves whatever, the L.A. Transit yeah. Authority, which I don't even know if that's much of a thing. Yeah. They have like one train line, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah. It's not very many. I don't, I, I always know when people go to L.A., they're like, no one takes the train. No. Yeah. Which is, which is weird. Town's huge. Yeah. Seems like there'd be a good way to get around. It does. Yeah. But, and they weren't Chicago, they weren't CTA for a long time, or Chicago Transit Authority. They right. became just Chicago, which is weird because they're a the bands with long names. I don't know why they couldn't. Yeah, it seemed like that totally could have worked. Maybe it's just uh, too much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then they put out albums. Was aren't Chicago's albums like all numbered? Like their albums are all just like Chicago twenty one and Chicago seventeen. But like in Roman numerals, is that not true? It's like Adele's album, <laughs> which just her age. Which just her age. Um, I don't know. I feel like that's true. Oh yes, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I, I was. It struck me as an odd thing about yeah. Chicago. No, yeah. that's accurate. Yeah, like Zeppelin. Zeppelin does that for the yeah. first like four albums, and then they decided this is ridiculous. This is silly. So, yeah. We're gonna just start naming it. Chicago was one of the first bands. Uh, it was the first rock band, first rock act to uh, in 1971 to sell out Carnegie Hall for a full week. Oh, so well done. They were real popular. Yeah, their Billboard has them as like. Ninth on the greatest artists of all time list. Well, that's insane. Chicago. Billboard. Billboard. Who's ahead of them if they're ninth? <laughs> like, that feels like they. that's probably a little too high, but like Seals and Crofts are above them, I, think, I assume. <laughs> I think it's um the in the Billboard 200, like, chart six, album chart oh, six. Oh, I mean, they did like, have tons of albums. Yeah. Like, that would so make they sense. Just, yeah. and, and same with singles. They were in yeah. the top, they were like 13 and then 15 on the top 100 artists for the Hot 100 singles oh, chart. Oh, okay. I mean, that um, makes more sense. I mean, yeah. I don't want to run down Chicago the band. They have a lot of fun songs, yeah, yeah. but that does that strikes me as kind of insane <laughs> that they they're just, that high. They sold a ridiculous number of records. Just so... I mean, I don't want to exaggerate. I think they literally have 30-some albums, like yeah. actual studio albums, yeah. right? Like not they've, counting lives and, you know. They've uh, sold over... Over 40 million units in the U.S., 23 gold, 18 platinum, and 8 multi-platinum oh. albums. Really really moving yeah. some units. That's yeah. a lot. Yeah. But I think an album can be gold, platinum, and multi-platinum, right? I think that's true. So that's not, a, that's not additive. Not necessarily. Yeah, but 23 their albums. So. They had 20, at least 23 albums in gold. Yeah. Which nice. is crazy. I've always enjoyed bands that are just named after cities. Yeah. Uh, much like, I also enjoy like movies named after cities, which, and there's tons of those. Okay. But you think of like bands, like not, not even just cities, but places. Like it always seems like an odd thing. Like there's a band just called America for whatever that's, you know, like yeah. that's an odd thing to me yep. that like you sit down and you decide we're going to call a band something. Let's just call it America. <laughs> and like you listen to America, that is not representative of America no. in any way. No, no. <laughs> They're fine. Yeah. But like Boston. Yep. You know, Kansas was a oh, band. Oh, sure. You know, and I think that's just kind of a fun thing. Like, yeah. Berlin is a oh, band, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it strikes me as a weird... And you also have to figure, for all of these bands that we know, how many failed bands are there <laughs> that are just called, you know, yeah. Sacramento? <laughs> Poughkeepsie. We're Sacramento. We're here to rock. <laughs> like, that can't be a thing, right? 
But you know that must yeah, exist. So. Totally. But I do think that's fun. Like yeah. that's something that, that people had to fight their way through. Yeah. And, sh- and like maybe Chicago already was a band. CTA comes on. They're clearly better. And they're like, we're just going to take this. Could have been. Like I really... the. Uh, I really don't understand the logic of like we're gonna name this after the train system in Chicago. That is, there weird. are so many weird. things in Chicago. Even in 1967, yeah. could have named it after the MCA. Could have named it after the Picasso sculpture. You know, could have named, named it after Bob Boozer. Totally could have. Could have done it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A Red Kerr. Yeah, yeah. Red uh, Kerr the what, band. Whatever you need. Yeah. But like the train system. Yeah. Which is. It is weird. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, uh, you know, I support it. I guess it's better than if they just named it after like a corner of town. You know, just have been like, well, Andersonville. Hey, well, you know, I, yeah, we could be just, well, you know, we're Bronzeville, the band. Like, that's something. But if they were just kind of like, yeah, we're, you know, we're Wabash and 14th <laughs> and we're here. Like, and it's just kind of a weird, you yeah. know, you know, yeah. we're Wacker and State. I don't know. It seemed to be great. <laughs> so, well, I mean, good for them. Yes. Yeah. That seems like a lot of fun. Very exciting. So, 1967 yeah. was a happening, happening year in Chicago. Yeah. I think the only reason I even wanted to do this episode between this and the disasters was there's a lot in Chicago. Like yeah. I, as I kept coming up with lists of things and trying to find firsts and, yeah. you know, trying to find disasters, everything kept coming back to Chicago, which I thought was interesting. And again, was not part of the original plan at all. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we really have a Chicago episode from 94. We touch on a bunch of Chicago stuff, but. Yeah. There really wasn't... It's the same thing. There really wasn't much sports-wise, and it was just Jordan being retired, so we covered the rest of the NBA, I guess, but that was about it. Yeah. So, you know, so I thought it was about time we get into a little Chicago. Yeah. Do, uh, do a little chatting. Yeah. And uh, make making it happen. Yeah. So, listeners, if you haven't been to Chicago, check it out. Yeah, go to the MCA, you know, yeah. I'm sure, so you know, you probably want to see the United Center. Yeah. It's not in town. It's, you know, it's a little west, yeah. and uh, it's nice, though. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. The neighborhood's okay. You know, yeah. take the bus. It's it's long. You'll think you can walk it. You can't walk you it. Can't That's walk too it. far. Don't to walk. do it. Yeah, Because yeah. um, you'll see, like, oh, the Billy Goat's that way. Like, oh, we'll stop at the Billy Goat. You're gonna be tired as hell by the time you get to the yeah. Billy Goat. That's, Don't do that. That's far. That's yeah. far. Uh, or drive, but the parking lot system over take there. Take an Uber. It's, it's a lot. Yeah, you can you can spot Hero something. It'll be fine. Yeah. Green Line kind of goes there, but. It's you're gonna get left off in a in a in a place that's not the best, uh, even though it's only a couple blocks away. Yeah, yeah. The train stop over there. Is not yes. Great. What train stop is that? Ashland. You know what? This doesn't matter. <laughs> so come to town. Uh, you know yeah. the auditorium probably has something going. If you go to auditoriumtheater.com or whatever the hell, I'm yeah, sure they've got totally. some events. Uh, let us know if you're coming. Uh, uh, shoot us a DM. We'll send you our phone number. Oh no, oh. we will we will not do that. Oh uh, oh. Let oh. us know if you're coming, and we will. Su- Provide suggestions. Yes. But I, no, I don't want to meet you. Oh. <laughs> we don't want to do that. Yeah, me either. Do you want to just meet these people? Yeah. Who's listening to the show? That it's probably like, oh, our friends sure. anyway. Oh, right? if you know us personally, yeah, yeah, let us know. Let us know. If this is the first time you're hearing my voice, let's keep it like this. <laughs> I like this distance. Let's stay professional. Us. Let's yeah. just try to keep it on a high end. Listeners, yeah. I don't want to stay professional. Give me a call. All right. If you want to stay over, come stay over. We have a couch. <laughs> it's fine. You know, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to start saying yes and embracing things. There you go. If you just have strangers marching into the apartment yep. to play with our fish and eat our food, that's fine. <laughs> don't even. Thanks for coming to Chicago. Yes. I, I'm so excited. Hope you had a great time. Uh, how do you want to go out? Oh, we have to sing a song by Chicago. You'll have the time, the time of your life. Yeah. I saw a man he danced with his wife. Oh, uh, we could sing uh, You're the Inspiration. You know, I sound just like Peter Cetera. No, that's that's a real vocal song. I feel like we should stay away from that. You did make me sing Runaway by the Real McCoy. I don't know if that's plural or not. Um, Many times. I, I, so I think that uh, going down this road with a band we don't know 
is probably not the way to end this episode. Oh, shit. State Street, that great street. It's a great street. Yeah. They also mentioned, like, the stockyards, which were, I think, just where they killed cattle. Yeah. That's, made, like, in the song. Made the whole town smell real bad. Everybody apparently associated that smell. Yeah. The smell of just dying cattle. Yeah. Because it wasn't that far from town. And That's we were the crazy like, thing. Let's move there. Well, it's just that it's an odd thing to, like, to be close enough to town. Like, you would think if you're going to create a slaughterhouse, why would you put it basically in town? Yeah, it's a good question. Like, the the old stockyards and now what I believe still exists as the back of the yards neighborhood isn't that far away. No. Uh, That's crazy. Crazy. Yeah, put that that further away. Put that in Evanston. Yeah. Come on. You know where this belongs? North Shore. Get it out of here. (laughs) That's great. Uh, All right. I think that's about sums it up. That's about it. Yeah. Happy New Year, everyone. Hey! Thanks, everybody. Bye! This has been It Happened One Year. Please follow us on all social media, including Twitter, which Joe just purchased. Mayor Devine, have you ever seen The Day the Earth Stood Still? Uh, yes, I think so. Are you prepared to recite the secret alien phrase that may save us all? What? No, that's not a thing. Why don't you want to save us? What is that phrase? When worlds collide, was a better move. This is what I'm talking about. Have you made a deal with the Martians to spare Nova Scotia and attack Prince Edward Island instead? What do you have against Charlottetown, Mayor? None of this is helpful. Settle down. The Visitors to Nova Scotia! Coming soon.